Hello and welcome to the second episode of Rhythm XP. We are your hosts, Javier and Gino. And in today's episode, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the usage of gaming platforms for music performances um, to, to broadcast them on places like Twitch. Uh, we're going to be talking about virtual concerts that have taken place in uh, games such as Fortnite and Minecraft. Uh, and other ones. And then we're also going to be talking about how music from video games has influenced the way that Javier and I have either written music, uh, w the way we listen to it, or just anything else that uh, might apply to that. So, Gino, have you uh, ever streamed any of your music on Twitch or any other kind of uh, streaming platform? Uh don't think I have. I know I've done like a writing session on Instagram once, but other than that, all I've really done is uh, streamed like my guitar pro sessions in uh, Discord. <laughs> oh, sick. But that's <laughs> for friends. like your band, right? Yeah, either with my band or like with my friends, but other than that, like no. Yeah, but that's us. Uh -huh. I wouldn't be opposed to doing it in the future. That's as far as I've gotten when it comes to uh, like streaming, I guess any of my music stuff is mm -hmm. just using Discord just because it's very easy to share your application through Discord. Yeah, it's one click. Um, and it's just it's very easy to set up and it's no hassle. And it's just it's basically literally the one time I used it was I was making a, a trap beat out of a SpongeBob song. <laughs> and I just wanted to show it off to my friends, uh, nice. and they found it pretty funny. So uh, that was that was great. Just to let, just to have them hear that and see the process of it, it was pretty, it was enjoyable. Uh, yeah. And I think streaming in general is a really great way of just being able to to market yourself. Oh yeah, totally. Um, even just through not just social media, but streaming, I think does a good job of getting you like even more exposure, right? Yeah, because, um, you know, I think depending on the genre of music or just whatever you do, there's, you know, people all over the world that are interested and you don't know who's clicking on what stream and, you know, you don't know who's watching it and who's going to be, you know, telling their friends or, uh, you know, posting about it on social media or otherwise, or, you know, even like, uh, right, like if it's the, the streamer, maybe the, you know, they take interest in the streamer in uh, the content that they provide or you know maybe it's just the way that they talk or whatever else it is on their stream and you know the person that's watching it or people that are watching it for that matter uh, you know just enjoy enough to the point where they're like yeah I'm gonna you know talk about this person mm -hmm. and have you heard of uh, Kenny Beats or do you know who Kenny Beats is uh, that sounds really familiar uh, he's uh, he's like a really really famous producer uh, for specifically for like rap hip-hop music mm -hmm. and he recently started uh well not recently but i think this year he started uh streaming his like sessions on twitch okay uh, and uh he like just he shows off everything that he does like his plug-in chains how he organizes his sessions and i think that's just awesome i think yeah. just being able to do that and being able to show off like a professional level of creating music right Mm -hmm. uh, and just have it streamed to you for free is a really, really great thing that we have now. 
and it's he's gotten really popular over there. I know Skrillex has also done live streams and Dead Mouse as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of the electronic and like hip hop producers seem to really be uh, enjoying that uh, that that form of uh, showing off their work, and I think it works out because I mean they get a ton of exposure. A lot of people learn, and it just overall it benefits everyone. Yeah, and. Uh I think, you know, having that exposure to that workflow is always something that's really nice. Um, I've seen, I haven't seen any of those streams, but I've definitely seen like streams where there's either like bands doing like a, like a performance stream, or maybe they're just like hanging out and just, you know, talking about whether it's like business stuff or, you know, songwriting philosophy or anything like that. And I've seen some recording streams too. Like there's been, uh, a re-recording stream that I watched, um, but I don't think there's anything else that comes to mind at the moment that I can think of when it comes to like music streams, at least on the uh, on similar th- level. Yeah, I, I think uh, something else that's really popular right now, especially during quarantine, is uh, DJ streams, mm-hmm. like DJs doing mixes and stuff. Uh, just because you know it's really hard for a DJ right now to be performing, uh, so their next I, I guess the next best thing was is streaming uh for them and it's been working out really well like there's some really really dope djs on twitch right now that i otherwise would have never known about if it weren't for them streaming on the platform and it's it looks like a lot of fun they have a lot of fun with it they do song requests through donations which oh, is a really awesome. smart way of like you know getting some money yeah and uh I think things like that are just awesome for the for for the DJ community, and I mean I I wanted to do something very similar to that because I I also used to DJ a lot, uh, not as much anymore, mm-hmm. but it was definitely like an idea I was playing around during quarantine, um, and I might still go and might still try it out because it looks like a lot of fun, but uh, I'm not too sure yet. <laughs> yeah. And I might sound like an ignorant string player for saying this, but I feel like with, you know, if you have like a turntable, it seems like doing that kind of thing as a stream is relatively easy because it seems like oh, it's yeah. really just oh, yeah, plug yeah. and play. Exactly. I, I mean, there's obviously DJs that have like crazy setups, but yeah. uh, me just being like an intermediate, I'd call myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, DJ, I'm fine with just using some of the digital software. It's, it's just the digital software makes it really easy, like you said. Uh, very, very streamlined uh, to live stream. Uh, but yeah, like you, you would. Are you ever interested in like um, maybe live streaming like a uh, like one of your band's concerts or I something? Are you you and your band performing? You think that'd be gr- like a cool idea? Yeah, I think uh, we would probably... There's this one band, actually, that uh, I'm kind of into um, called Tesseract that did a thing where what they did was they all recorded uh, all of their parts on their own, and then they uh, edited them together and uh, synced up all the parts. So it was essentially like a live stream, but it was shot at, uh, what I'm guessing, like their own homes or studios or whatever. Mm-hmm. and they all like edited the video and synced it up together and then just put that out as a video and that was the whole stream but there's also streams that i've seen where it is like the whole band getting together and and doing that um and as far as post 
COVID goes, I think doing a live stream together would be super fun. Oh, yeah. Um, and I also don't doubt that we would probably do something like either a, either a performance video um, that's cut up like that, like I mentioned uh, just now, or, you know, even just a music video that way. Like, I think that would be a lot of fun to do. Definitely. Uh, have you heard of... Um not heard but <laughs> have you seen how there's a lot of implementation being done by artists in like into video games now so for i mean the biggest example i could think of is uh how travis scott put himself in fortnite and everyone was making a really big deal about that because there really wasn't anything like that where he like held like a virtual concert through the game uh and like it, it like you'd be like at a travis scott concert but What's really cool is that since you're in a video game, um, you the experience is a little crazier because, you know, a lot of things that couldn't be done in real life and at a concert in real life can be done in a video game setting, right? So a lot of, like, the... Like, a big thing about uh, Travis Scott is that his whole album, Astroworld, is about... I mean, the whole theme about it is, like, a theme park. And the video game uh concert in fortnite uh was like it, it played around with that idea so it was like you were actually at the theme park uh and th i think that's a really cool idea and something that if more artists were to implement themselves into a video game it'd be awesome if they could explore more of the ideas of what they talk about in their music and use a video game as a medium as to like ex like um blow up that idea even more you know yeah i can see that being uh super awesome and since you mentioned uh, theme park it kind of makes it a little bit more interactive especially for themes like that where you know um it's a more theatric kind of thing and you know you see all these uh artists right they go on stage and a lot of them have these like extremely theatrical setups that cost like mm -hmm. Who knows how much, you know? What yeah, I mean? <laughs> yeah, um, no, I know what you mean. Not to mention, like, the weight of all the equipment and everything. Um, and the crew. Yeah, and to pay the crew and everything like that, too. And to take that and to be able to put it into a virtual space, I think, would be really, really, really interesting to see more of. Um, because I think, you know, with a digital space, right, you can, instead of worrying about things like, you know, oh, what happens if you know, the power goes out of the show or like this, you know, the mixing board goes down or something, right? It's like yeah. you have this, like, I mean, maybe the servers might get shut down. That's the only thing to really worry about, I guess. Yeah, there's less room for mistake. Yeah, and... You have like a concert in like a video the, game. I'm sorry, can you say that again? Like when you have a concert like in a video game or like when you have pre-recorded... Uh, like a pre-recorded concert in a video, like like what Travis Scott did. But yeah. keep going, keep going. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's like you know you can recreate as much as you want in that uh, digital realm, you know, of uh, of a video game. And to to speak to what you just said too, um, there was an event that happened, I believe it was like in the summertime, called Block by Block West, mm. uh, which was supposed to be, I believe it was supposed to be South by Southwest, but they did it in minecraft and uh all that was pre-recorded too and basically what happened was a bunch of people 
had gotten into this Minecraft server. And it's funny because mm-hmm. I remember like joining the Discord server before it started and they had to like move the date for uh, back because the servers like crashed because there were so yeah, many Yeah, I'm sure because so many like, people want to go in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was like super unstable. Um, so they had to readjust and then they finally got it going. But it was the same idea of, you know, they had, uh, I think members of the band were also in the the stream as well in the game um on stage and then people were in the crowd and you know i'm I'm pretty sure there were like virtual mosh pits and all that stuff too um but yeah to to have that kind of thing in a video game would be cool and to speak more to what you said before uh because it also got me thinking was like if there was a a vr concert which i'm sure probably has happened already um i think so too yeah i'm not i'm not sure what specifically but i it's a good idea. I mean, it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. And I doubt that it hasn't been done yet, but go ahead. And I think, uh, you know, in a way, like one of the things that I love, well, actually one of the things I love about shows, but also hate about them at the same time is that they only happen once, you know? Oh yeah. That's a good point. Um, yes. And it's like, or you, you know, you, you only pay for that one ticket. Yeah. That's the other thing is paying, right? You pay like, like sometimes concerts like for a big name band or artists like those ticket prices are pretty high yeah but if you're gonna go and visit like this virtual concert in a video game or you know or through vr uh the prices have to be lower just because it's you know it's not like you're watching them like you're watching them live in the moment right in the video game but they're not actually it's all pre-recorded yeah unless unless they do play around with that idea of having an actual actual live concert in vr then i can see that being a little more expensive but i highly doubt it it would be as expensive as a real ticket you know yeah and you know i think um in a way you can kind of immerse yourself a little bit more and i'm sure you know you also get other opportunities too like you can move to the front you can move you know you'd probably be able to move around the room as well, which is not something you always get to do when you're at a show. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think, you know, there would be a little bit more accessibility and, and uh, more of an ability to do things that you wouldn't really do at a show. I mean, you, you could even do like a virtual stage dive or something, you know, like um, mm-hmm. uh, I think it would be a lot of fun. It's. I mean, it sounds like a lot of fun <laughs> having a virtual concert yeah (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah i i mean i've um i've seen a lot of people uh like discuss the idea of having um virtual reality as a way to not just enhance the concert experience in real life but also uh bring like like i was well as i mentioned before uh it it brings a whole nother level to the music uh because you're not just li- you're not just listening and being there but with with that new game setting you have a whole plethora of ways to like you were saying you could stage dive you could do way more things that weren't possible if you were at an actual concert um and i wish there was more i feel like that right now is the perfect time since no one can go to a concert because <laughs> um, I mean, I had so many concerts I was planning on going to this year and they're all canceled. Like, I don't know when, when, when we're going to go back to getting concerts again, but 
I think having this yeah. ability to not even have it through VR, but just have it through some type of gaming, str- gaming like setting or even a stream, where I we could just watch these concerts, like obviously done through whatever. If we pay- had paid for a ticket for the concert, it'd be great to see if the artists could make me make an effort to uh, host like. A virtual concert or something like that yeah and i know there's been like a few of them that have been asked to do one before and um you know i think it's it can be hard depending on you know things like budget and accessibility to to production equipment th- and you know spaces and things like that but if it's possible uh i'm sure a lot of people would you know love to to pay to see that kind of thing no definitely i mean i'd pay good money for that uh oh, same just all things considered, like Ticketmaster didn't give me my money back for the the concerts that I paid for, so it would have been great to at least have gotten, I don't know, a live stream or something of of a con of a concert or something exclusive, you know, because I paid money. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, play- mm-hmm. uh, there was the there was the show that me and actually the other members of my band were really looking forward to going because it was this band that we absolutely love and they were gonna do two back-to-back sets or i'm sorry it was a back-to-back shows at great american music hall and uh each night they were gonna have a different set and we were really excited about it um and then they canceled and we were like damn um it sucks <laughs> it <yeah>. really does <laughs> but i mean they were supposed to be rescheduling the whole tour so hopefully that happens um and you know if it does uh i think we're definitely gonna make a point to make it this time definitely all right gino so i wanted to talk to you about how since we're talking about like your band and how you've mentioned it before on the podcast how have uh how video games kind of influenced the way that you either write or compose or sounds that you pick out for your music like how how have video games affected you there? It really depends. Yeah, because I draw from a bunch of different places. But if we're talking about video games in particular, I think uh, melody, in terms of video games and music writing, melody is the, the number one thing that I pulled the most from video games. Because, you know, as I mentioned before with Yoko Shimomura and the way that she wrote for Kingdom Hearts, um, yeah. really, really influenced a lot of my writing and still does. Um, but also with uh, other compo- composers like uh, Michael, I think his last name is Gacino or something. He did the soundtrack. I think he did a soundtrack for. He did the soundtrack for oh, what's that one? St- Rogue Rogue One. That's Rogue One, Star the Wars Star Wars movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. And then he also did the Medal of Honor games. Oh, really? Uh, it was the same person. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. And then he he's also done. I think he did Star Trek or something like that. I could be totally wrong, but I know he did other films and video games. Um, And his style was kind of similar in that, you know, he focused on um, melody and he focused on, on creating atmosphere. Um, But the one thing that I think kind of sticks out the most to me on top of the melody is thematic writing. Mm. Um, Because, you know, in places like video games or, you know, movies and TV shows too, right? Um, I mean, depending on who's writing the score, of course, (laughs) but, you know, thematic writing is so, can be really, really, really central 
to the way um, everything goes in terms of... Sorry, could you define thematic writing? or uh, it, Sort of um, using a pre-written, like a motif for a character or uh, say for um, a certain kind of scene mm. or, uh, I'm sorry, not a scene, but like an event. Okay, okay. I get you now. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if a you know certain character appears, their theme starts oh, playing. Oh, right. Like that. Or, okay. you know, whenever X thing happens, um, this piece always plays. Yeah, or like if you're about to face a boss or something like that, right? Yeah, or, um, you know, other things like maybe you take the same theme that you've established before, but you change it a little bit and you rewrite it and you mm -hmm. put it into a new song. So it's like it carries some of the same melodic and you know motif ideas and all and the things like that but it's yeah. reinterpreted um and that's something that i've noticed that i write sometimes but i think the thing that i focus on the most is melody and then uh i also focus on space a lot too um so i know it's not like personally it's not my favorite one but uh out of the series but um skyrim the soundtrack the score for skyrim okay. yeah, and yeah. Uh, the way that, you know, Jeremy Sewell, I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right, um, mm -hmm. wrote that score, uh, particularly with the... Was it really one guy who wrote all the all the music for Skyrim? I have no clue. Uh, if, if, that, if that's true, that's impressive. Oh, totally. <laughs> that's downright impressive. Um, but, you know, it's like when you play that... Because you've played Skyrim before, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you you know you remember how like the the way the atmospheric soundtrack was kind of set up and how it kind of you know pulled mm -hmm. you into the world, but it also created this sense of space. Right. No. No. I know what you mean. Um, it did create a sense of space because I feel like without the music, I wouldn't feel the world wouldn't feel as big to me. Yeah, and that's the thing that I like to emphasize a lot when I write music is you know creating a sense of space and creating a sense of atmosphere because. I think that's really important to engaging the listener, but also at the same time, you know, engaging doesn't always necessarily mean that they're paying a hundred percent attention all the time, because sometimes it just means creating the space for them to sort of just drift off, you know? Right. Immersing you even more. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like immersing you yeah. more into the, into the world. Yep. Um, how about you, Javier? Yeah. Well, yeah. So for me, I've, Similarly to you, how you kind of, you know, take elements, right, that you you hear in music, mm -hmm. uh, in video games. I, I do that the same, but I do it so that I kind of... So, for example, um, one of my favorite video game composers is David Wise. Uh, he composed the music for the Donkey Kong Country games. Um, and what David Wise does is he does a really good job of, again, like you said, creating atmosphere. Mm -hmm. But he uses so many different types of instruments or sounds to achieve a certain like feel, mm -hmm. and that's really helped me out. Uh, so, for example, um, when you're in the mines in Donkey Kong Country One, uh, he uses for the music he uses a lot of like metal sounding, like actual like not like hat like metal metal music, but like metal um, like actual like hitting on metal. Like pipes like, and stuff like that. Pipes and stuff, exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, those types of sounds. And 
it really makes you feel like you're like in an industrial part of the game or like everything feels very underground oh, that's super or cool. and for when you're like in a underwater level in donkey kong country one uh the music is very soft and he uses a lot of uh like flutes and very like soothing pads you know and, what mm-hmm. i saw an 8-bit music fi- theory video on that yeah yes i love 8-bit music theory if anything anyone hearing right now should go and watch 8-bit oh, because they are awesome That's they a are great channel oh my god they are amazing they've helped me out so much especially when it comes to the like how they did it yeah because yes 8-bit theory did have a whole video on david wise's composition mm-hmm. um i think he did a video on bittersweet symphony or not oh, bittersweet Sym- that's not called sticker brush symphony i'm thinking about the other song sticker brush symphony uh which is a song from donkey kong country 2 mm-hmm. uh and he uh, from what i've heard is that what's really cool actually is that david wise doesn't really know theory all too much so that causes him to create some really really crazy like chord progressions and melodies uh just because he just loves to experiment right and that to me is it really inspiring because i i don't think always like theory is great to know of course but also having that kind of part of your brain that's all creativity and just trying to do something that breaks the rules that really creates something special and that's what caused um sticker brush symphony from donkey kong country 2 to be so good is that david wise's lack of theory ended up benefiting him because it was it created the perfect ambience and atmosphere for the uh for that level um and it's a super famous like song now and a lot i mean most video game nerds know that song uh, and it's been remixed plenty of times and it's just a beautiful song and it's just crazy how that type of uh, complexity can come out of a video game you know i don't think a lot of people really realize how how much work can actually be put into the the creation of video game music oh yeah especially when you have to consider things like scenery and you know the way there's a shift like the way the game shifts between scenarios and places and situations um, the music kind of has to do the same thing, right? And mm-hmm. that if you don't either give a cue to those shifts or if you don't, you know, uh, help add on to the changes, then it feels kind of strange to the player, I think. And it's kind of weird to the um, to the experience as well in, in the similar mm-hmm. way, you know, where say you're watching a movie and suddenly there's like a random plot point that comes out of nowhere. And you're just like, why is this here? And you know, when there's like no setup for it. <laughs> yeah. anything, right. Uh, just going off of what you just said, I think a really important aspect too, right. Is like, like when you're playing a video game is, uh, the tempo of the music. Oh yeah. Um, like that that's super important and that's something that's really helped me out when making music is if i want to achieve a certain mood uh, i definitely pay attention to the tempo of like a song that i like or of a video game level that just kind of stuck with me as a kid i I'd, I'd look at the tempo as much as i'd look at the melody or the chords or any of that um 
because I think tempo is really important uh, because that also is super strong for setting the stage, especially in a video game. Because obviously, if you're in a really high, like high stress part of the game, the the tempo is gonna pick up. Yeah, you're gonna and have a pretty high BPM for that. that yeah, BPM. and it's it's really it creates an awesome type of immersion, and uh, it's helped me create like drum patterns. So like, mm-hmm. if I want to stick to a more soothing, more joy, like chilled out sound obviously i'm going to be at a lower tempo mm-hmm. but if i'm trying to achieve more of a crazier more aggressive sound putting the tempo up like higher just helps me achieve that and i, I honestly wouldn't have really understood that fully if it weren't for all those like video game levels uh, where you know the tempos were all over the place yeah and uh I think that's something that we noticed too is you know when you're in a situation like in a video game right where if you're just walking around the music's like relaxing you're like okay we're chilling you know like things are fine like i'm just you know you're like exploring the level or whatever and then you hear the like distant set like the fade in of the battle music and you're like oh, battle music. oh no oh yeah <laughs> like, this is about to go down you know like a <laughs> I think in Skyrim, actually, it's like, you know, when you're walking around. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, yep. 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 I don't mean to piggyback off of Skyrim too much, but, you know, say there's like a dragon in the air that you don't see. You're just walking yep. around. Just mm-hmm. being like, you know, doing your thing. And then you hear the battle music start. And then you're like, you know, it's like the John Travolta yeah. gift where he's like putting his fr- Pulp Fiction, right? Where he's like putting his hands up and looking around. Yeah, he's like, what? What? what is, why am I hearing? Bo-? Like, it's like a, I think there's a lot of memes out there. It's like, why am I hearing boss music? <laughs> yeah. And then you look and then up you and like, you're like, look oh, up and you're like, oh. I see. <laughs> I, I think yeah. it's super common to see that kind of um, like tempo play in um, in RPGs, especially. So like, not just Western RPGs like Skyrim, but also in Japanese RPGs. Oh yeah. Because sometimes, let's say you're in an area where the music's really nice, it's very peaceful. But Japanese RPGs love random encounters, right? Oh, yeah. And, uh, like, all of a sudden, you're just, like, ah, you're chilling out to this music, and then all of a sudden, it's like, and then it just goes into this super, like, fast-paced, like, super action-sounding song. Um, and it's awesome. It's It makes the game really fun. I Yeah, I think uh, the unpredictability of it is one of the most fun parts of it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. But that's just about all we got for today's episode. Yep. Thank you for tuning in to the second episode of Rhythm XP. We hope that you enjoyed our banter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And we'll catch you on the next episode.